Hello and welcome to The Point of Everything. My name is Ono Sullivan and today's guests on the show are Carriages. They're a two-piece based in Dublin, Harry and Aaron, and they've just released their new EP. It's called Movement. It's five songs and it's their very first physical release. It's available on 10-inch vinyl from homebeatpresents.bandcamp.com. It's the first release on the Homebeat label. You might remember I talked to Emma Condon of Homebeat a couple of weeks ago, just before uh, the festival that he had created, Another Love Story, which carriages were playing. It's all, see, it all mingles together. So Emmett actually mentioned that he was going to be doing this release with carriages, which was the first that I had heard of it. So uh, I've liked carriages for a good few years. And uh, I actually saw them on this tour that they did a couple of years ago where they played different spaces around Ireland. So we talk about that a little bit. They talk about playing a barn up the country and uh, it's how some of that stuff got on the EP itself. I saw them in Gulped on that tour and yeah, I've been a big fan ever since. So I was delighted that they've finally physically released something, but they've got another few EP EPs and singles out on their own, uh, on their own Bandcamp page. So yeah, it's about a 40 minute interview and it ends with us chatting about Harry going to LCD sound system uh last week in dublin which sounds like they were amazing shows uh i didn't get tickets to them but i'm sure that they'll be back sooner rather than later i don't think we'll be waiting another five years for lcd sound system i'm not sure how long we'll be waiting to see carriages again just because big stuff happening with them too so stay tuned for all of that and without further ado this is harry and aaron of carriages talking about well everything about carriages so far to date Hey, hello. This voice belongs to Harry from Carriages. And this voice belongs to Aaron of Carriages. <laughs> hello, Harry and Aaron. How's it going, Owen? How are you? I'm, I'm very well. How are you guys doing? You had a, a big weekend. Yeah, it was good. It was, it was good. We, um, we had the launch for the EP on Saturday night. <clears throat> we've probably been building up to it for a long time so we're kind of on a bit of a yeah nice relief stage nice, yeah. that it's, it's out there now we had the launch a lot of build up for it and now it's just enjoy the fact that it's out there yeah is, is, is it a relief now that it is out there like are you just like oh now we have to constantly be pushing it and talking about it is there like a different kind of pressure um, no I don't really mind talking about it that's kind of the easy part the, the hardest part is well, first of all, writing the music is the hardest part, and then actually manufacturing the the record and is a bit of a, a nightmare—not a nightmare, but it just it just seems to go on forever. And then and then worrying about whether people are actually going to react to it or write about it or, or do interviews like this with us or want to even do them—that's uh, that's the hard part. Coming up to it now is kind of it just kind of it's out there. We can't control what happens to it now. Yeah. And we don't mind talking about it. If people want to talk about it, it means that they, they have an interest in it. Ah, well, I, I am very interested in it. Like, I've been following you guys for a couple of years. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about how you got together. It was like 2011, was it? 2013? Uh, I think, yeah, 2013 was when we first kind of put a name to the band and, and um, put it put out the, the first EP. We, we, we only put out the first EP because we had to... Um, we wanted to do hard working class heroes that year, and we have to give them like four songs as a, so that they judge whether you, you, you can play it or not. So that's why that first EP started. We just had to finish four songs just to do that, and then that became an EP. And then we started playing lots of gigs. You said we had four songs. Yeah, so well, we had six. We had six two that aren't quite finished <laughs> that we used to play live. 
But um, we started because um, Aaron played, uh, did his own album uh, called Under the Name The Water Cycle. And um, my friend Stephanie knew Aaron and, and, and he needed a band. And I, so I joined as a keyboard player. And now we did maybe what five gigs? Yeah, that. a couple. Yeah, yeah. And uh, then I just had really old music that I'd made years ago, or over space of probably ten years actually. And um, I just gave it was just a load of loops and unfinished things. And um, I think we're still taken from it now, five years later. Yeah. And uh, I gave that to Aaron, and he just wrote some vocals over it. And yeah, that's there was no name. We were just having a bit of fun, and then. Hardworking class heroes came up and we said, let's let's just do that for a laugh. And then all of a sudden we were getting loads of offers for gigs and uh, became a band. Wow. that That's uh, kind of what everybody going into hardworking class heroes kind of wants as well, don't they? Yeah, yeah. I yeah, we, got, yeah. we got a decent uh, amount of, I suppose, press back from it. We hadn't really expected much. We got a really nice slot in, um, what was it, the new theatre? Yeah, we we they put us in the new theater, which is the, I don't do. It's the only year they ever used it. It's in the back of a bookshop, in just this theater in the back of a bookshop in the middle of Temple Bar, and it just see it just ended up being the perfect setting. Everybody yeah. had to come in and sit down. Nobody could talk because of a bit of a theater yeah. atmosphere to it, and everyone had to pay attention. It just seemed to be just just seemed to be the, the perfect gig. Yeah. It ended up not being our first gig because we put out. DP then coming up to Hardworth Class Heroes and a load of other people asked us to play and the Spirit of Folk Festival asked us and that ended up being a week or two before Hardworth and Class Heroes. So it was our second gig. And it actually yeah, we that, that was I went it was the one year we went and did all the industry talks and, and all that and we got a, a pretty good reaction to it. Yeah, yeah, we got I think we were in the Times then the next following week where we were thereabouts and yeah. someone had us as there topics and that was it there we, we rolled off the back of that we had a couple of months of just doing every gig we were offered again we were the, i think we were the resident support band in dublin for a couple of months and uh yeah we did we spent about a year just gigging everywhere and then started kind of trying to focus on actually writing more in the background and um, we were building up a couple of songs and i think it was a different process uh in the like we would have had even um starting points of the songs that are on one or two of the songs that are on the EP a long time ago but I think we had a completely different process for writing these because we kind of came into them as live songs whereas before we started off with you know uh, studio songs that we brought to life yeah. and then we started off with these songs playing them live and then trying to record them and they probably they nearly weren't as good when we actually recorded them so it actually took a long time to kind of finish them recording wise didn't it yeah so like was is it nice being able to do all of those support slots or was it kind of like uh we we actually have to start saying no to these because we actually do have to go away and actually yeah. record something yeah i think the first year we were nearly doing one a week um and some of them were great and some of them weren't some we've we were kind of figuring out what what suited us and and what didn't like it didn't really suit us to go on in a rock sort of right before a rock band and and, and it kind of suited us. it's probably why we kind of have gotten to the point now where we're pretty much mostly doing just a, a homebeat gigs and things similar to that because we spent so, so so long doing the kind of the regular venues and it, it doesn't always suit us sometimes it does we've done some great gigs in the workman's club and, and the grand social but they don't they don't always suit us so that was a good year for figuring out what we actually wanted to do 
when we were playing live. And did you get to do the whole like circuit of venues in Dublin, like uh, Vicker Street and the Olympia in particular? Um, no, we couldn't get that big scale at those heights. I think we got probably that's the button factory. Yeah, that's probably the biggest one we've done. We supported bats. Yeah, we supported. No, we supported the bats. That's all. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very funny story actually. <laughs> uh, go, go on. Uh, leagues from from uh, Aiken asked us to support bats in uh, the button factory, and I told Aaron here to want to support this band bats, and Aaron. All the way up, right until we were about to go on stage, Aaron was convinced we were sporting the Dublin band Bats. Oh yeah, but that's who I thought. Yeah, no, Bats is a, an electronic dude from uh, is he from Canada or, or, or America? America. Yeah. <laughs> and Aaron was kind of wondering why there was all these American guys. Yeah, I backstage, backstage talking to a guy and like thinking like, Jesus, this, this is very ambitious that they took this on. A Dublin band took it on on a Tuesday night or something in, in town, and I just thought, wow, like, good looks at them. Like, they must be, you know, taking a big hit on this. And the guy just kept talking about, you know, being in America, being in LA, and then he just dropped in, like, oh, yeah, and we played Paris, and then we played, you know, China or Japan or something. And I thought, oh, no, there's something, something's not adding up here. And uh, <laughs> I just said, just, sorry, sorry, well, yeah, just, you know, maybe I, I thought, maybe I didn't even get into it. I just thought, no, something's not right there. And it wasn't until we played this set, lovely, really nice. And then they get up and played their first song, My Asthma, My Asthma Sky. And I actually loved the song. I'd been listening to it on, I think it was Nyler had it on uh, one of his playlists for last month. And I absolutely loved the song. And then it all clicked. <laughs> it was very different band than I had thought it was. And I was like, like that, was the, that was one of my you know, spinal tap moments, I think. <laughs> I I would like to see supporting the Dublin band Bats though. That would be an interesting an interesting combination. Yeah, yeah. Someone needs to set that up now after that. Yeah. So. <laughs> they are they still going? Uh, they're probably not. No. I used to work with one of them, Craig. I haven't seen him in a while though. Maybe you can maybe you can find out. Maybe you can search him out and ask if they're still going. I don't think so. I think that that kind of like instrumental heavy rock kind of Richter collective scene has kind of disbanded a little bit and i'm really i'm really interested as to why suddenly like you know three years later a scene that was so healthy is suddenly kind of gone yeah i guess maybe there's only a certain amount of ideas you can have in that in that genre there's a roll off as well of what's kind of i suppose selling or kind of hot at the minute and in my looking from the outside of for me that was always around when battles and stuff were doing quite well and math rock was fairly in is that kind of is that ship sail maybe that's what it is yeah the redneck manifesto are, are still going strong though the day that redneck manifesto call it a day it's like it's gonna be the saddest day in irish music for me yeah i think I, we um myself and aaron would take a lot of their uh, attitude to, to be in the band i kind of know a few of them and it's definitely like they're it's just it's part of their life it's not like they're they're carving out a career they just Whenever they're they're all starting families and I think they must have about eight kids between them and they um they just get together when they can for fun as a, as a kind of a friendly reunion thing and it just just happens that thousands of people love them yeah you can kids. see that in the music then it doesn't have a much pressure on it or something that's we take a lot from that and we've kind of headed towards that approach as well where we both have we've always had we've never we both had our jobs the whole time we've been doing it you know we we've got a you know we've 
talent that or or skill that you've built up over years and years of playing it, but you don't have the pressure of that you've got focus on it that you need it to be I need to get something from this or else you know I don't know what I'm going to do we enjoy playing because we have our if you wanted to have your 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 day job so it's the classic you know no pressure on it so you get much more enjoyment out well I've got more enjoyment out of carriages than in the space of a year than I had of four or five years of trying to actually do your own thing and push it and the pressure that comes with that like so I think I think the music we have kind of reflects that so is that, is that something that just kind of arrives, you know, that kind of like sense of, okay, we're not going to be, you know, like uh, Beyonce is the name that comes to mind. Uh, uh, like once that kind of realization happens, do you see it more as a creative outlet and it becomes more enjoyable? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're, we're, we're um, I think the, Maybe it's to, to do with age as well. We're we're no we're no spring chickens. Well, Aaron is still a bit of a spring chick, spring chicken, but I'm kind of I'm going to be thirty seven uh, in at Christmas, and um, you're not really. But you have dreams of being a rock star when you're in your twenties, I think. And now we're, we know that we're just doing this for for fun. Yeah, we're we're all good. We match up well. I think we we're good. Uh, you know, mix for each other, like in terms of skills, and it's. Uh, so it's a very easy thing to put together when you're putting together songs, very natural. And Harry was actually from just down the road for me when we were kids. I didn't know him, obviously, up until like mid-20s, mid to late-20s for me. But I think we're, we're similar we're in, in more regards than we recognize. And from that kind of cut from the same cloth, kind of being from similar areas. And it's just a good mix there where I think I always think that Harry, you know, similar to myself, played in rock bands in the in the local area and then more went down the electronic side of things where I would have been the same and then took a different kind of more of the songwriting kind of uh, you know structuring of songs more than the experimental electronic stuff but always appreciated that so uh, I think between the both of us we make a decent musician. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you guys just meet on the like on the Dublin music scene? No um, it was uh, a mutual friend our friend Stephanie um, knew Aaron and knew me and, and knew that he needed a keyboard player and that's how, how we did yeah. she said uh, she she was doing some vocals for me in the project that I was doing and uh, I was telling her I needed some some extra hands and literally from I, I only knew her quite recently at that point as well and from day one she just said oh you need to you need to meet Harry you'd really get along well with him and uh, she heard a lot about him and thought yeah, yeah let's get him in and yeah there's definitely click there pretty early on so when I had a kind of shelved somewhat my my project and I knew that I wanted to kind of do something more electronic and very kind of into that side but but didn't have the kind of the, the skill that Harry would have and so he, when he gave me this CD that he had of all his little um blips and bleeps and things that he had of just like Christmas getting it you know and just being able to kind of work on it and structure it so yeah that's okay a bit of it must be nice though that you were kind of on the same wavelength even like before you got together. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, but, but yeah, we probably, I, it was. Yeah, we weren't. It was the thing that made it work was that um, I was kind of elect making electronic music for for a long time, and um, a lot of the time I was having trouble trouble getting it out of just being a loop or just a looped section of a song. And 
not really been able to finish it. And then Aaron was um, obviously had written, uh, was was coming from a as more of a songwriter sort of. He was he was more of a songwriter than me, so he was able to take my unfinished things and make them into songs. So that's kind of what made Carriages work. Um, and you mentioned uh, Emmett from Homebeat earlier, like that you've kind of been playing a lot more of those shows down the years. When did uh, he come on board? Um, well, I was the bass player in um, another band called Little Lexus for Ice, and he, we had we had done a few Homebeat gigs, so I kind of knew Emmett through that. We did the first uh, Fading Light as well, so Fading Light is, is where you really get to know each other. You're kind of forced into a little, not, not forced, you're kind of happily go down to this tiny little town in Kerry and, and you, you spend three days with people and you really kind of get to know them. And, uh, it's, it's like a festival. Oh, do you not know Fading Light? Uh, I don't, I, I'm certainly not thinking about it right now. I can't. I can't place it. It was he did. He it was the fest, kind of a festival he did before another love story. He did. If I think it's kind of a, a secret thing this year. <laughs> um, it, but this will be its sixth year. Um, and uh, he yeah, it's just a little town called Cahar Daniel in Kerry, and he gets four or six bands to play and. Friday night is just meeting up in the pub and, and sometimes there's a sing song, sometimes there isn't. And Saturday night and Sunday night are when three of each, three bands each night or two or three bands each night in the local town hall. And he has, um, he, for the last couple of years, he's had like a mobile sauna. No, no, it was the hot tub or a sauna, a mobile hot tub set up down on the beach and surfing lessons and uh, yoga instructors and yeah, and and everybody got just it's it takes five hours to drive there from Dublin, and it's it's right down the the far end of um, the peninsula, and you're, you're, everybody rents houses, and and there's a hostel, and it's just it's just brilliant. <laughs> so that that was yeah, that's um, where we we played there twice a week or three three or three times three. three. We've, we've done three of them. Um, so that was yeah the, the very first day we put out that EP. Um, Emmett contacted us and asked us to play it that year, and that was that ended up being what the third or fourth gig. Was it? No, we did. Yeah, we we, we played that one, and then I remember when we were we were leaving. He said he booked us for uh, the Homebeat, the Mavos one that we did. Yeah, and it was that that was kind of felt like that was it. You were in. It was like, yeah. uh, you guys are doing that one, yeah. It's like, yeah. okay, yes, and it, yeah, you're in. <laughs> That's it. Um, Really stopped since that. There's been a couple of times, at least two times, where his gigs have been announced with us on the bill, and yet we haven't even heard about them before. <laughs> but it's it's just one of those where you're not going to turn him down by the sounds of it. Oh yeah, no. Yeah, he's even been. He said that, uh, he thought he'd reached a new level when someone emailed him and asked where carriage is available for. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere, so he's, yeah, we just see his name coming up on on the phone, and we start piling gear into the, the car. <laughs> yeah. Where do you want us? Uh, I want you to play in a lighthouse in Donegal. Cool. See you there. <laughs> so he's like the quote unquote manager of carriages, is he? Um, no, not not really. I don't think I don't think we have a manager as such. Um, no, he, he we do, I don't know what you call him. We, we do lots of gigs without him, like. Um, not so much anymore, really. But uh, no, he's not a manager. He's 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 like a, could be. <laughs> he's just a guy. He's just 
the third carriage. Yeah, it's just <laughs> a kind of a, a symbiotic relationship yeah. like that works well on both counts. We kind of suit the, or yeah, we suit the kind of the style of the horse, but I suppose the valuable things that he be putting on on his nights yeah. and where he puts them on, the people that go to his gigs, that's the type of you know crowd that we aspire to play to, people that like. You know, very uh, easy going. It's it's just just suits well on both sides, really. Yeah, we we, uh, we our music sounds good at his gigs because they're in. It's kind of weird, odd music, and he puts his gigs on in odd places, and that's just works well. Yeah, yeah. Where, we don't sound, sorry. We don't sound good in 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 the corner of a of a bar venue bar. <laughs> well, we might sound good, but. Where have you played? Uh, like, what's the most unusual spot that he's actually put you where you've been like, are, are you sure about this now, Emmett? <laughs> well, he's put us on a, a, a six-day tour of weird places um, about two or three years, two years ago. And the first we hopped in his van the first day and, and we were like, yeah, so where's this first gig? And he's like, oh, I think it's in a barn in, a, in Donegal. So off we went to Donegal and... and Sure enough, we pulled up outside. We we drove up this guy's uh, driveway and pulled up next to his barn. And we thought, it's actually, yeah, it's like, yeah, more of a farmer shed. And we said, "Is that sure? This is it." And we went in, and they had a big, massive PA system and a stage and a slow place like home. And ourselves played. To, and and just before we started, we were we were kind of if you do a lot of those gigs out in the wilderness, and you know you're going to be playing to maybe. 10 people who will really be into it and, and it'll be great but, but you just kind of expect there's not going to be a massive crowd and uh, just before we played people just started pouring in the door I don't know where they came from it was middle of nowhere and uh, they just poured in the door and the place was packed and it was probably one of the best gigs we ever played before. yeah it was incredible that's yeah. actually there's a link on for that to the to the EP then that the next morning um, because we were on tour Harry had said oh, I'm going to do loads of you know field recordings and, and get samples to use while we're doing the, the, the tour, and the next morning he found the the, the last uh, partier from the night before. It's still in there in the barn, just going around drinking all the empties on the cans and stuff that were there. <laughs> and when he walked into the the barn with him, the, the whoever had left their laptop running with music still from the night before, the, it had locked, and the Magic Numbers album, whatever album it was, was on just repeat. So your man was probably sitting listening to that for four hours or something. And uh, Harry came in and um, ended up chatting to him and recording some of the, the conversation he was saying. And there's an actual quote from that then that came that's on the sleeve and on the actual record itself, like a very inspiring kind of quote that came from a guy who was, you know, after being on it all night. But uh, he was like, I think, I think he was like a local... He was a local town planner, I think. Yeah. That's how I said he was. Yeah, and he just, well, yeah, if you want to talk about that um, he had, yeah, well, one of the funny thing was he had the exact same van as Emmett. And uh, every time Emmett would start up the van to kind of, we were about to move on to the next town, he'd go running out thinking Emmett was stealing his van. <laughs> the weirdest thing was he, after he, well, he finished all the empties and then went out to his own van and brought in eight full fresh cans. <laughs> anyway, that, that was the barn, and then the next day we went on to a cafe called Shells in um, Strand Hill. Strand Hill, yeah. and that, that's where we played with Connor Walsh. That was the first time we met Connor. And um, then what's where? Then the next night was 
we can't. I'm not even sure which which order room. But then we played in a in a hotel in yeah. Galway yeah. as part of the arts festival. Um, a cafe in Limerick. We played in Gulped in Cork, and then we played this really good but odd gig in uh, Lynch, where where um, uh, Aaron has an, an awful hatred of a sound check and when there's like things going on in the room. And, yeah. and, um, was, was it a Sunday or what? Yeah. We were, we were there on a Sunday and it was just like families having Carvery dinners or like they're just roast dinners sitting around and we had to set up and sound check and that's just hell for me. Like I just absolutely hate everything about it. Like, uh, so I had to kind of try and push through that and of course the second we start, you know, trying to sound check, people are just like, Knives and forks down, moving, you know, like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure we might have got a chicken nugget thrown at us or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, there was plenty of characters in that town that night as well that were... Yeah, um, we met a guy who um, looked like he was really loving the sound check. He was there for the whole sound check, loving it, but it, it was hard to tell whether he was taking the piss or if he loved it. But he had a, he had a woolly jumper that was knitted into the, the into a design of a Heinz ketchup. Uh, and... Um, but then between the gig and the sound check, we were chatting to him and he was telling, he started telling Aaron to sing up to the angels. Yeah, yeah, he, asked to, he said, uh, would, that sounded really good, guys. Yeah, would you ever think on just, you know, raising it up? And I said, like, what do you mean? Like the levels, like sound-wise, I just raise it up, like, uh, like EQ or whatever. It's like, I raise it up for the angels. And that was like, all right, okay. <laughs> and then he was there for the set, and every time we were playing, he looked out, and I, you know, obviously can't do, you can't see what I'm doing here, but he would be ushering me to raise up the hands, like you know, <laughs> which is that was one of the highlights of the actual old tour. Yeah, <laughs> and and you've lived by that motto ever since. Oh, just raise it up, always. Yeah, yeah. Like, just to start question before every set, you know, guys, are we raising this up enough? You know. <laughs> Um, so after that tour and everything, like uh, how long after that was it that Emmett suggested, like, oh, you should release something on a homebeat label? I might start it up for you. Yeah, he was always there, kind of wasn't he? he? Says whenever you guys get something, you know, if if you want to put do it with, with ourselves, did you know? We're always open to that. I think it was more it took ourselves a bit of time to get together properly. Yeah. Yeah, he's always kind of mentioned it, and then I think he nearly did it with another band, but it didn't work out. And then we just, yeah, we 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 rented um, a studio for a kind of on a, a residency. We kind of rented a studio as a residency for about nine months, and we were talking to him a lot during it. And then we said, like, well, why don't we just release what we make in the studio together? Um, and that's how that came apart. Came 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 about. Uh, what what was the residency? It was just you guys in in a studio. Yeah, we, yeah. We rented uh, a space in Porchlight Studios up in Ranelagh, and um, it's a really nice room there that we we spent nine months. Yeah, we had so we we had a number of kind of demos at that stage, but we didn't really have uh, a rehearsal room because we were uh, ousted from our previous one that we had. Which can we mention that? No, probably not. No, okay, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But anyway, we were homeless for a little while, and then we found that studio, and uh, you know, you really took advantage of it less, more or less for me, because it was you were 
able to kind of be up there kind of during the day at times and stuff and it was a little bit more awkward for me to get to in, in the evenings and that after work but yeah Harry did fantastic work there and I'd be up as much as I could or get into it but long term it didn't really feel like it was the right spot for us so um, Harry moved into his, his house here then we've got a much more uh, long term home now which <laughs> you obviously have the studio was good though because he had a lot of weird instruments that ended up on the EP like he had a, he has a full xylophone and a hammer dulcimer which is probably just the sound of the first song on the EP Darts is just completely that hammer dulcimer so we wouldn't have actually got the songs that we did yeah yeah true and he had he had some nice microphones and actually a proper room to actually record vocals in which we never really had um, yeah and I should have the time to do that. Yeah, as well. and just to be able to leave everything set up all the time was, was kind of a novelty for us. Because be, before that, we were kind of... I was living in a tiny apartment at the time, and there wasn't really that much room, and it sounded terrible because the walls were made of paper. And Yeah, I think that that's, that's a good point about the vocal room, actually, because you probably notice, and, and if you looked at the previous recording, you'd always have ones where, you know, there might be quiet vocals or you know are very kind of and maybe even on the early dp they're hushed kind of stuff that you're, you're very aware you're singing in a in a bedroom or something you know yeah. like where there's a bit more freedom in this one from my point of view anyway yeah so, yeah it's good to have a place to go every day really that um, wasn't sorry home. sorry go ahead um and so, like you mentioned earlier, that you you were kind of like dipping into these uh, found sounds that you do, like from five years ago, like before the band even started, you were still dipping into them. But like when you're when you're coming at a new track, do you have like a whole new collection of of sounds that you're like, oh yeah, we'll turn this into a song, or is it like, oh, we'll see if this will fit into what we already have? Um, it's yeah, I'd say there could be any number of kind of unfinished songs on on the go that I would have taken bits of noise that some some I, I don't I haven't actually gone on a on a sound scavenging scavenging trip in a while I'm kind of overdue and kind of got got to the very end of the stuff we had now I'd say but um now we could yeah we kind of I have a basically a, a hard drive full of this stuff and I just kind of rip stuff out of it and and that becomes the, the basis of a new song and actually you know what can happen as well uh, Harry will send me on things intermittently you know that at some point then I might find a couple like even only recently then I've been digging through all the emails and looking at some samples he sent me and might say hey we didn't do anything with this one let's pick this one up again or that's even where that interlude one of the songs in the EP came from we, we kind of left it aside completely and then quite close to being finished and he, I found and just worked on it at home and came to him with something, you know, ready on it. And he just said, oh, that's really good. You yeah. know, so we'd be, you know, just kind adding of new things for the then, you know, uh, reusing all those things. And, yeah, we spend a lot of time writing through emails, even though Aaron only lives up the road. <laughs> I think that's that's another thing that, that works well with us is that I, don't, I, I find it really hard to write anything unless I'm on my own. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't work a lot with Aaron. Kind of what, watching what I'm doing, or I, I, I do it on my own, and then send it to him, and then he writes his vocal on his own, and then when we get together, we kind of record it, and then we'll polish it up a bit. Yeah, it's the nature of what you're doing as well. It's like very yeah. complex kind of uh, 
you know, rhythmically. That's what I've always been. It wouldn't be something that you could sit and would have somebody in the room to do, like, and, you know, hear about this sound here. It's just that, that, that the basis of the beats is, is coming solely yeah. where you are, where you know what you want from it. And, and yeah. if you, if, if a change is suggested, it could be, it could go, okay, well, that's going to take me two hours to do it, so you <laughs> leave me alone. Yeah, yeah, I'll come in and just sort of ruin a lot of Harry's work by saying, like, don't like that, that. <laughs> and you just see it, you know, he'd be like looking at me like every every word I say is an extra two hours or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so is it like you're you're bringing your own ideas separately into the studio or is it like the songs are all there, but it's just kind of figuring them out in the studio? Like how does a studio different from differ from you working uh, separately? Um, well, not really sure what yeah no I think you're right we'll, we'll bring our own things to it and then we'll mix it's a bit of both really in that you know Harry might start beats with some some backing some some synth or something and then I'll put stuff to it vocals and then we'll structure it together and then we might do the kind of production side of it but it's yeah it's, it's a jewel on it that you know it, they'll start separately come together a number of times more separate work outside of that and eventually Four years later, we might get to the actual finish of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just throwing things at each other and, and slightly changing them and then throwing them back. And then so you're going to see now as you try to shit out a wall there. So. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> and, and so the result of all this is the Movement EP, which you've released. It's like the first release on Homebeat Records. And I, I'm pretty sure it's your first physical release as well, is it? Yeah. Yeah. It's our fifth release. And yeah, the first one that isn't just on the Spotify and iTunes sort yeah. of thing. Fifth release, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do, does so, it feel like more, kind of more important as well? Like once it's actually being released physically, are you like, oh, this is the, this is the one yeah. now? Yeah. It kind, yeah. It kind of gives you, you feel like you're actually promoting something rather than, than just, just, just songs that are floating around in space somewhere. Yeah. You're kind of, it also, it, it, it enables you to put it in shops as well. So, yeah, yeah. So you're actually people can actually find it, and and also gives us something to sell at gigs, which we've never had. Yeah, there's a nice sense of accomplishment of having yeah. an actual physical copy of something, and um, yeah. one or two of my friends have sent me texts even of being in record shops and seeing it and stuff. That's really nice. Like that's an extra element that I didn't expect to have because you're obviously proud of Everton your release, but never really a. a you know, struck me how much you would extra appreciate that, you know, physical element being there. And it's a lovely design that we have on it. The whole package of the vinyl is, is really nice. So super proud. At the it's minute. also, um, when you put something on the internet, it's just gone. You can't see it. You don't. And, but now we, I, I have uh, three boxes sitting in my house staring at me saying, you, you have to sell us or we're going to be here forever. So we will, it'll be a bit more pressure to push it. Yeah. Now, than we would have had before, where you just put it on the internet and go, ground, that's it, it's gone here. Yeah. And look, I have an attic with many of my other boxes of things that if you can just bury it and forget about them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and so you launched it uh, at the weekend at Fumbly Studios, was it? Uh, Fumbly Stables. Stables, sorry. How how did the show go? Uh, it was great, yeah. It was another another odd room, thanks to Emmett. It was just a really, a really nice little stable shaped room yeah and uh, really nice support from uh from dairy yeah, so and brennan. Brennan. She's excellent. yeah 
Yeah, yes, and yeah, it was just a really nice atmosphere. Um, it's it's always it's 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 not that big a deal, but it's it, when when you do a, like a, a bring your own beer gig, and there's more of a kind of atmosphere, kind of a a, fa- a party atmosphere, or a, as if people have just showed up to a, a little room that they get to hang in with, and it's a, it's a bit more personal and. Yeah. A lot going on in town that night as well, so it was quite yeah. nice to get a good crowd. There's a lot of hard work class heroes was going on, a lot of uh, shit, sorry. Yeah, we were up against Chris Rock and Shellac and yeah. hard work well, class. Chris heroes. Rock halved half our crowd. <laughs> so Yeah. Was, was all, all Definitely I know for a fact we lost two people to Shellac. Yeah. Um, we lost a few to Banton. In the crowd working class heroes, uh, I would hope that at least two sleep teams would have come to see us if they weren't playing their own gig across town. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it went really well. It was we were really happy with the turnout, and it was a really nice room, and it was kind of the usual sort of home beat atmosphere. That's good. And so, what what are the plans now for the for the rest of the year? Um, I am uh, four weeks away from becoming a parent. <laughs> Oh wow! So <laughs> that's going to take over, for, um, and yeah, we, I think we might maybe do one or two more gigs, maybe around Christmas, the baby, depending. <laughs> the baby says no, then no. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we're going to keep plugging away, and uh, but but um, obviously that's going to take over a bit. Yeah, and I you'll see that the, the next release from Carriages when when things settle down for Harry. We're definitely going to end up having a, a lullaby album, no yeah. doubt. And Babies you know, rattles. I've, I've accepted that. The fact that <laughs> the next the thing for carriages are going to be like, you know, nursery rhyme-esque. <laughs> yeah. So that's a, yeah, I think what carriages really is, is just kind of us soundtracking our lives. We're not, yeah. we're not, we're not carving a career here. We're just living life and recording it and making songs out of it. Wow, that'll be uh, that'll be amazing. Like if it just continues on and continues on, and like you're you're sixty five or something, and it's still like the sounds of your life are being recorded. Yeah, yeah. that's definitely that's probably what's going to happen for sure. I actually had a dream a couple of weeks ago that Harry is very aware. I told him about that uh, that he told me that he wanted to stop doing carriages, and I had to actually wake up in the morning and text him, "Hey, is the, you just want to clear that this isn't happening, is it?" <laughs> he said, "No, no, no. I'm very, yeah. very happy." So. Now we, now we have that sealed with uh, recording to prove that it's not happening. <laughs> I think when you take away the pressure of trying to kind of do this as your job, then it, you can you can last forever because there's no yeah it's a nice creative it outlet. Like, there's no it's pressure. Simple one, like, yeah. As as long as you still enjoy working together, and it sounds like you definitely do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I've played in in, in other bands and. and try to do my own stuff and things I can like if you have something that's a very easy uh structure that works well and you actually get get a good output out of it like we just it's it's too simple to stop doing really like you know it's it's comes together very very easy and songs form and anytime Harry sends me something I just know before I even listen to it that I, you know there's an understanding that I'm going to get it and there's going to be something there that you know, there's ne- there's, he hasn't doesn't send me anything ever that I won't really like appreciate and things like that is excellent. You know, and that like you just pick up on a vibe of it straight away. And there's one song on the EP uh, called Searchlight, 
and this one kind of sums it up for me in the sense that he sent me the the basic you know demo of the beats and some of the padded chords that initially and it was just calling me straight away and that was like a kind of feel it off like there's a certain kind of rhythm to it that it just I'm walking and I'm listening to it and it just felt like it was just calling you home or something and it that the certified idea came to it then from that that because that was what it was you know here something calling you in the night so that's everything that I get from Harry I'd always know that I'm gonna get something that's there underlying whether he intended it or not it'll be a similarity and the movement element is always there so that was inevitable that we would end up having a name that's <laughs> be it uh, carriages and many many songs about you know movement related things that that's, that's good, and I hope I hope you are ready for all of the all of the baby gurgling sounds that you're going to be sent now in a in a month or two. Oh yeah, yes. Yeah. So I know I've been through a similar uh, stage with my my, uh, my niece when my sister had uh, my first niece. It was a new addition, new addition to the family. I just went through a stage of of having very you know writing things that were very uh, you know block and spiel, getting broken out, and all these things. Just my whole writing changed for a while, and then eventually leveled back. But yeah, I know, I'm well aware of what I'm going to be getting so I'm going to have to be doing some lots of whispery singing I'd imagine now in the future yeah. well uh, well uh, the EP is out now on Homebeat Records and it's really good and everybody should buy it and just before I let you guys go uh, I have to ask about LCD Sound System who you went to see in the Olympia I think it was was it last week hey, uh, Wednesday yeah just me though Aaron wasn't Aaron was one of the many people who uh, wasn't in Dublin who weren't there yeah, yeah so, <laughs> so how was it Harry oh it was brilliant yeah it was great um, it was because um, my girlfriend Michelle was pregnant we got seated tickets and we and we managed to get them in the front row of the lower balcony so we were just sitting right in front of them getting blasted out of it and uh, yeah it was great it was my third time seeing them since they've been back together um, third time since they've been back together yeah I never saw them before oh wow I broke up, I was, but I, I was I saw them at Electric Picnic last year, and I was also at Primavera last year, so I managed to see them three times. That's and uh, yeah, it was it wasn't the, it was it wouldn't have been my ideal set list, but it was uh, pretty much all the hits were there. They didn't uh, play much off the new album, did they? Um, I think he when he said on the stage that he was they were going to dip in and out of old stuff and new stuff, but I, I'd say it was about five or six I wouldn't be able to yeah. remember it all now um, but yeah they're just such a, an odd looking band they're just sort of old dudes <laughs> like old dudes who are just nerds there's no, they're just there's no they're just kind of real relaxed looking on stage they're wandering around messing with things hitting cowbells and having a great time and yeah it's great it was brilliant very similar to what will be. Yeah, that's what awesome. somebody know that somebody will be saying that, or hopefully, yeah, he's gonna say that about them. <laughs> Weird guys wandering around stage yeah. in Glockenspiels. Yeah, yeah, about sixty, and they're still playing electronic music. <laughs> as, in, as in us, I was. Yeah, see cool. if we can still get through it. One time, one thing that's getting weird is that where the bands are staying, other bands we end up playing with are still staying the same age there's just new ones coming out and starting to feel a bit like their dads when we're at gigs hope you've got lots of good advice for them no <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm not really asking <laughs> 
Well, uh, on that note, I guess, uh, thanks a lot for the for the chat and for the quick LCD sound system review. I'm sure that they'll be back playing like the three arena or all of the festivals again next year. Yeah, I heard you gave hints of, of a three arena gig at one of the one of the gigs. Yeah, so we'll get to see them then again. But uh, hopefully, yeah, I'll see you guys as well uh, sometime. I'm not sure when you're when you're uh baby schedule will allow harry but uh hopefully it won't yeah. be too much longer It'll be matinee shows yeah we'll do matinee, matinee shows. shows yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> you find the arc the, the, the children's theater a lot i'd say <laughs> cool well uh best luck with with all of that and congratulations again on the ep thanks thanks very much Thank you. cheers <laughs>